Hello, <laughs> you beautiful and patient listeners. Yes, so we apologize due to a death in the family and then a trip that was planned. The death was unexpected. Unexpected. The trips were planned, but we did not clue you in. So it has been a while, a hot minute, as I like to say. Yes, and what has it been a hot? What podcast has it been a hot minute for? I thought you were doing that. I was, but then you went on fairly long time before I was able to say the magic words, which are... fairly long time? Oh, you of the extended introduction? I am a model of terseness, but (laughs) the thing I do before I start discussing other things is say... Welcome to another... Brand new episode of Romantic Underpinnings. You're just having no fun over there with me. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. The people need to know that it's a podcast. They do know. We're on their, We're in their ears right now. I think they clicked on the podcast app. They found our names. They know what's going on. They might have forgotten that we're called Romantic Underpinnings. Well, that's true because it's been a long time. They might have also forgotten that I'm Andrew. What have they forgotten about you? Nothing. They, uh, I am etched into all of their memories. You are etched in. <laughs> you are also Ashton. Oh, I just wanted I you to introduce yourself. I didn't. I know. I purpose. I knew that, and I was purposely being obtuse just to bother you. Oh, I worked. Are you bothered? Not severely, but <laughs> I just want people to know who they are. Know who we are. This is episode 32. You don't think they don't know who we are? (laughs) They need reminders. They do. (laughs) Anyway, we said it's a podcast. We said who we are. This is a collaboratively written romance novel podcast where we alternate writing chapters and then read them to each other for the first time. Uh, Well, Ashton reads the chapter that I wrote and vice versa. And uh, I'm writing chapters from the perspective of our esteemed heroine in this historical romance novel, which is what you get to hear today. Ashton has been writing chapters from the perspective of our esteemed hero, which is what you'll get to hear next time. And it's set in 1690. There is a romance and adventure on the high seas and a river and some fields and indeed the city of Paris, which is where we find ourselves in the action today. Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. Yes, you are very terse. Is that what you said, or did you say succinct? I said terse. Okay. Which is what I am. Are you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. You didn't say any of our handles or where to find us, which is arguably, I think, more important than the other stuff. (laughs) Well, people aren't going to, like, post at us on Instagram at Romantic Underpinnings or on Twitter at Rom Underpod or indeed email us at hello at romanticunderpinnings.com if they're totally lost and not invested in the thrilling story that we are telling. I think they are, though. You're right, they are. I just maintain that they have more, you know, buy-in than you're giving them credit for. Right? All right. Is there anything else you want to share about the thrilling story that everyone is invested in before you launch into this wonderful chapter that I wrote? Well, dear listeners, as I said, 
It has been a while. So I don't really remember what was going on or even who was doing anything or where we were because I think I s severely messed up the last chapter. So then Andrew is going to try and salvage it, but who knows? Oh, I basically just went with it. Um, like, you definitely had not read the <laughs> preceding chapter. With... Okay, I listened to them all. Yes. It's my only defense. I just don't remember anything. Okay, yeah. So, well, like... The pen leads me a place, and that's... I just follow the pen. Well, yeah, and there was something from a much earlier chapter, a little fact that, uh... That was not taken into account in the writing of your last chapter, but we can do some retroactive continuity on that. Um, and, what was that? Uh, we'll get to it. Well, it's you not important. also mentioned, like, I also injured a bunch of people and you just completely ignored all their injuries. Yeah, no, so no. It's because it's, it's a two-way street. one side. <laughs> totally, totally. Okay. But I actually did scrupulously follow along from what you had said with one minor adjustment for <laughs> slight consistency. Um, I feel slightly bad because it basically didn't take anything from your chapter. Yeah, yeah, which just means that your <laughs> character just completely ignores what I, the woman, am contributing <laughs> to the discussion. <laughs> Really? You're like, good idea. Let me just decide to do what I wanted to do anyway. Happens to us women in the workplace all the time. You're just perpetuating all that I stuff. I think you're being a little whatever. Just like, I feel a little dismissed now. Oh. No, I'm I'm listening to you. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like you're, t you're, you're talking very dismissively about a very real problem. Oh, yes. Well... I mean, the joke is that I'm the one saying this just because I write chapters in the perspective of a woman when really I have no leg to stand on. So that was sort of the um, the joke is that I am a clueless dude. You kind of are sometimes. Yeah. See? I mean, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, now that we've cleared that Especially up. Especially when I'm giving you a hard time. <sighs> <laughs> Dear ladies and gentlemen, Andrew does not do sarcasm well, a fact which I use to my advantage quite regularly, unfortunately, which I try to get better at. But tonight, for some reason, I have just been going for broke. It's probably because he was out of town without me and he missed all of my sunshine. I missed so much sunshine. <laughs> but I'm also just stepping in for the sarcasm-impaired listenership to That's make kidding. sure that they don't fall behind. Yeah, well, and, and I have like a... Like, I could probably teach a master class because I just mm, am not built this way. <laughs> Sorry, honey. It's fine. You okay? Yeah, I'm ready. You ready? Yes. Ready and sweaty. They don't have to know that. <laughs> okay, but I know it. You do. Thank you for sharing with our <laughs> delighted listenership. <laughs> you can cut it out. It's hot here, ladies and gentlemen. It's not all its fault. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen and whoever else is listening. Indeed. Would you like to kick off <laughs> I kind of want to review more, but I feel like <laughs> kicking off is a better plan of action. Yeah, there will be tons of time for ribbing at the end. <gasps> really? You promise? Yeah. I mean, sure. No, you don't have to. You don't really get it. I feel bad then. I'd never, I <laughs> basically almost never get it. Okay. <clears throat> what is it you always say? Commence reading. I'm going to commence.
commence reading. You gotta say it in your voice, though. You will now commence reading. <laughs> I feel like you have such a the radio voice. Okay. <clears throat> Agatha held up the hastily sketched portrait of Trotter in front of Dunley. Are you sure this is him? She asked. Yeah, said Dunley as he tilted his head to the side and pounded on his opposite ear. Pounded on his ear? You just, uh, there, you'll get it. Okay. That's him, all right. He had these two big blighters with him the whole time. Now, do you think that Captain Mr. Anthony is going to give me a bounty for spotting him? What about hazard pay? Nobody tasks told <laughs> Nobody told me that bats would be so wet. <laughs> he has water stuck in his ear. I got it, but hilarious. Mm -hmm. You don't tap on the ear that has water in it, though. No, you tap on no, the opposite one. That's what I he, I believe I use the phrase opposite mm. ear. Okay. I feel like that could be slightly clear, but... Yeah, I, I'm worried about the sound from oh, that tapping picking up on the sorry. microphone. <laughs> I was like, suddenly he doesn't want to hold hands no. with me. <clears throat> Against her better judgment, Agatha asked the natural follow-up question. Dunley, what did you think a bath would be like? Don't rightly know, ma'am. Me squad mates? Squad mates. What's a squad mate? The people in his squad. What's? Why is he in a squad? Well, he used to be in the army until he deserted. So wouldn't it be bunk mates? They don't fuck. They don't bunk out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. They were encamped in or enemy like, territory. Would they be called squads though? Wouldn't it be like squid squadrons or something? What are those well, oh, things sure. called? Well, okay. So full disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> well, a not squadrons. <laughs> What's it called when it's like a group of them? Platoons. Platoons. Well, I sort of like squadroon. Yes. Now I like squadroon too. But, um, so I did not try very hard with contemporary 1690 language in this, um, but what's nice- Hence hazard pay also, I was going to yes. make fun of that, but yes. I sort of- So what's nice about squad mates is <laughs> it's, that's just an ad hoc grouping size and it's just like the immediate people, whereas like platoon and regiment and all these other terms are- Regmate is good too. Uh, nobody has ever said regmate. <laughs> love it they Sounds say regimate reg <laughs> <laughs> oh that's what they should be called all the time but wouldn't it just be like me and the fellows it could be fellows but you know i think school i mean squad mate is a term it's a word it has been a word for some people probably me? not in 1690 correct <gasps> i had no idea it was a word a real word i thought you made it up which I, is why i was having so much fun making up my own no it's not made up not fully made up i mean someone well, made it up i, I mean but all it wasn't words me. are made up but it is yeah. like a legit dictionary word huh. yes i'm pretty sure squad made is a legit dictionary word notice the underline is blue for grammar no that doesn't because appear of the mine. me squad mates uh that doesn't appear oh okay i have the read or the print version or whatever oh that's cool actually well, well anyway it's too distracting google's yelling me about dunley's grammar but it's not oh, yelling yeah. me about yelling at me about dunley using the word squad mate right um anyway and and uh british soldiers are colloquially <laughs> are often colloquially called squatties no they're not absolutely like squatties potties 
Well, with a D instead of a T. <laughs> Two they D's are not called fact. squatties. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hate it so much. <laughs> Next I think year we, that term predates me. the squatty potty for what it's worth. Oh, well, obviously. But still, it's squatties is not good in any time zone. Fair enough. That time you try to tell that to a big, powerful, heavily armed squatty. Okay. <clears throat> me squad mates usually just throw in me, just throw me in the nearest stream when I get too rank. I grab a fresh uniform when I get out, and then I get to spend another week or two blessedly dry. But he would still be wet in that instance. Well, no, but after he gets out and changes and presumably dries off, although I didn't have him say that. What I'm saying about blessedly dry is he goes a week or two between getting thrown in the river. I think it would be much longer than that. Depends on how bad he smells. But then, but I'm saying, wouldn't he still be wet? Not for the full week or two. No, but I mean, he's he still knows that a bath means getting wet. He's never had a formal bath. Is the joke? He just gets thrown in the river by his colleagues. Okay. Or the stream, as the case may be. Okay, but in that case, he would be then wet. Yes, he has been wet before. Okay, that's... He doesn't like it. Obviously. Yeah. He's trying to be a soldier? I mean, a sailor? No, he is... He is a deserter from the Well, yeah, but he's also going to be a stowaway on their boat. Like, he's going to have to be on a ship at some point. Well, he didn't think this through when he deserted from the army. Okay, fine. Well, yeah, he's not too bright, I don't think. Now, about this hazard pay, Agatha shifted in her seat in the hotel's common room. She relished the leadership role that Anthony had given her, but she wished she could avoid money talk. It reminded her of her father. Wow, we haven't thought about him in ages. She decided to focus on the details of this trotter sighting, the first in the four days since the men had started staking out the bathhouse. Agatha cursed their luck that he had finally shown up on Dunley's day. I'll speak to Anthony about the pay, Dunley. What can you tell me about these men who are with Trotter? Did they seem like bodyguards or just friends? Oh, they were definitely bodyguards, miss. Or maybe some other flavor of goon. They barely took their eyes off our man Trotter. And trust me, there were some much finer specimens in the bathhouse. Ew. Some of these men, some, sorry, some of the men in these bathhouses are mightily affectionate. Wow, I could not read that. Dunley continued. I hadn't gotten so much attention since the last time I got thrown in a stream. Maybe these baths are worth something after all. Agatha feared straying into territory even less comfortable than Dunley's bathing habits, but the mission demanded it. When when you say affectionate, do you mean... Yes, ma'am, Dunley said with a jaunty note in his voice. I discovered that the men at this bathhouse have a taste for the odd snuggle. After the massage I got, it only seemed to <laughs> it only seemed polite to service the four gentlemen who'd been watching. They seemed a bit frustrated and impatient, ma'am. I'm a guest in this country, and I'd hate to hold myself apart from local custom. And don't worry, I checked on Trotter whenever I came up for air. He seemed to be watching too. Dunley, forgive me for asking this, but don't you have a pregnant wife back in England? Of course, Miss Agatha. Love her with all me heart. But these army deployments are interminable. Interminable. Yeah. And us men at the army camp had to figure out ways to amuse ourselves. We have this game called 
Let's stick to the bathhouse, Agatha interrupted. Why hadn't Anthony said anything about the nature of this bathhouse? Although knowing Anthony's innocent nature, it was possible that he somehow hadn't noticed. You said that Trotter was watching the proceeders? proceedings? Ooh. What about those goons of his? As I said, they mostly had eyes for Trotter, but I could tell that they were both, um, invested in the proceedings, in a manner of speaking, if you get my drift, ma'am. I'm pretty sure they would have joined in the general revelry if it hadn't been for Trotter sitting off to the side and watching with that enormous grin of his. I tried giving them the eye when I had the chance, but they looked right through me despite what I consider a very good job I did cheering up my fellow bathers. I get the sense, I got the sense that they might have been more interested in the bigger, burlier lads. Agatha cleared her throat. Do you think that a burlier gentleman might have succeeded in distracting them from Trotter for a significant period of time? Well, there were several other gentlemen there who would have fit the bill, but the goons didn't so much as scurry off to the corner for a quick fumble with any of them. That said, most of those other gentlemen had their hands full with me, so perhaps the goons weren't receiving the kind of offers that would lead them to abandon their, um, posts. Whew, that was long-winded. I didn't know Trot, uh, Dunley could say so many words in a row. He's a very eloquent guy. It, I don't think he's supposed to be. Like, well, he I mean, he's not the most eloquent, but... And whenever I write dialogue for someone, they tend to get a little long-winded. I don't know why that happens. Really? I'm just you letting no the idea. muse speak through me. You have no idea why that happens. The muse keeps telling me that people talk a lot. No, they don't. <laughs> no one talks like this. Take that up with the muse. Oh, I will. <laughs> <clears throat> Did Trotter really do nothing but watch other people enjoying themselves? Dunley shrugged. He's a bit of a creep, our Trotter. He occasionally towed his muscle men to one pool or another to talk to men who were sitting alone, but all I saw him do was talk, and that only briefly. Whatever he was looking for, it was for a, it was a bit more subtle than the rest of us, but I managed to get a very bad feeling about him. Agatha sighed. <sighs> Dunley, whose brains could fit in a sardine can with enough room left over for a pocket Bible had immediately noticed the ill intent in the man who had so successfully hoodwinked Anthony the previous week. Maybe she shouldn't have Anthony let Anthony go to the baths at all, but he had already left to take his shift. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. Maybe she shouldn't have let Anthony go to the baths at all, but he had already left to take his shift as soon as Dunley had returned to the hotel. Dunley disturbed her revelry. Rive, rev, what is that? Reverie. Oh, I said it right the first time? No. no you said revelry the first time. Oh. Which, granted, I think I used that word earlier. It's, you know, it's good words. <laughs> I, I like how you write, I don't know, what is this, like 1600 words or 18 or something? 15, but. Whatever. It's all dialogue and it's all like $5 words. That was the omniscient narrator using one of the $5 words, although the characters every once in a while do. In my defense, <laughs> I thought, well, so you, your previous chapter basically set up this whole, like, staying at the bathhouse situation. Yeah. And I was like, sweet, I get to write a perspective from the chapter, uh, sorry, a perspective from the chapter of Agatha. Guess who probably couldn't get away with going into the bathhouse herself? Yes. 
So I basically was like, oh, I guess I'll just make her interview the men about what has been happening so we can follow along with the plot. It's still from her perspective. That's fine. So some dialogue happened. No, the dialogue is not the problem. I have never written a chapter like this with Dunley talking this much or even half as much. Yeah, he hasn't had a lot to say till now, but he's being interviewed about his experiences at the bathhouse. I mean, you could have picked anyone else. No, it had to be Dunley. (laughs) Okay. Is that all, miss? This covert activity can really give a man a powerful hunger and thirst. Wait just a minute, said Agatha, collecting her thoughts while trying to push some intrusive images out of her brain. In your expert opinion, is there a man on this crew who could distract those bodyguards if Trotter brings them next time? Of course, miss. Jack would be just the ticket, but I'm not sure he's interested. I wouldn't ask Jack to do something he's not comfortable with, but for my own edification, why do you say that? What? Edification, really? Yeah, I, I say that all the time. I know. You do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because the muse is speaking through me. (laughs) Uh, I gave him the eye, of course. My eye is famous in the regiment. Some of the men throw me in the river right away when I... right, Right away when I give them the eye. But Jack didn't even seem to notice. He just grunted and passed me the butter. Speaking of food, Dunley, you're dismissed, but can you send for Jack? Jack looked especially enormous in the ornate chair. He stroked his chin. No, ma'am, I can't say as I've ever, um, sampled the charms of another man, as you put it. I don't want to bandy about stereotypes, Jack, but haven't you been a sailor your whole life? Yes, ma'am, Jack said, breaming with pride. Thirty years before the mast, man and boy. And of course, I know what the men get up to, and no true sailor has a problem with any of it. But I've never been interested in partaking. I have my whittling. Whittling? Agatha asked. Jack drew a delicately carved carved figure of a horse head from his pocket. Really? Yeah, why wouldn't he? (laughs) Why would he? It's character development. Is it? Yeah. Right at the end of the book, I'm just introducing you to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, whittling. I've never without my, I'm never without my knife and a bit of nice wood. There's just so much to whittle. It seems to take up all my time. Well, that and the drinking. But you and Anthony inspired me to slow down a bit on that. No, they didn't inspire him to. He's on a mission. He doesn't drink on the job. Oh, that's right. Remember? They did hire him for the mission, but yeah, I had forgotten. No, he never drinks on the drive. Like, that's why Anthony is always willing to take him along. I remember now. Yeah. Anyway. Agatha grimaced, remembering the night that she'd met Jack. The night that she'd escaped to this new and profoundly uncertain life. Among other things, she never thought she'd be sitting across from an 18-stone man asking him what she was about to ask. How much is 18 stone? A little over 250 pounds. That's huge. He's a, the one thing we know about Jack until the whittling and the fact that he never drinks on the job. <laughs> Which we've known this whole time. Yes. I can, I'm going to change that uh, when, before this book makes it to the airport shelves. Okay. But. Uh, I think that's better. Yeah, no, it is. I do. I like it. And I, I've already like figured out how he'll say that and everything. It's perfect. But uh, 
we know that he's really, really huge. So I thought a good, good two fifty is a is a good size for a big, strong, tall sailor guy. All right. <clears throat> Do you think you'd be willing to feign interest in a couple of large men for the good of the mission? We might have to distract a couple of Trotter's goons. We suspect you might be able to turn their heads. <laughs> Jack reared back in his chair, alarmed. Now, wait here, Agatha. You know as well as I that I've been in the odd fight, but I never turn a a man's head unless it's him or me. That kind of thing just isn't sporting. Agatha wanted to reassure Jack, but had trouble formulating the right words. I don't mean literally turn their heads. I mean pique their interest, stoke their boilers, fire their loins. Oh, my God. Well, that was blunt. I don't know how you went from peaking interest to firing loins, but. Well, she's trying to get ex- increasingly explicit because there's an uncomprehending expression on Jack's face. I feel like stoking which... their boilers is not. That's like the middle one needs to be slightly more like that's too metaphorical. Ah, I see. Wait, wait. Uh, oh, we hadn't used tickling their fancy. I think pique their interest, tickle their fancy. Okay, I'm going to change it. To, no, that that is that's good. You I, see what I mean? No, he wouldn't I'm, get stoking their boilers. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I, man, there was like a phrase that was like hovering in the periphery of my mind when I was trying to write that sentence, and I think it was tickle their fancy. So mm-hmm. we're good now. I think I see what you're getting at, miss, but I've never knowingly stoked anyone's boiler. So I'm not sure I can do it on purpose. And what's a goon? He knows what a goon is. He's a sailor. Well, I think part of this is the uh, goon is a piece of contemporary language oh. that normally would not be in the lexicon. Of these That's because Dunley said it when he was being so verbose. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but Dunley and Agatha speak goon, and Jack apparently doesn't. A goon is a thug, a heavy, an accomplice, as if he would know what a heavy was in that case. <laughs> I just was having fun at this point. Muscle, an enforcer, maybe a henchman? Puzzlement had comprehensively replaced indignance across the crags of Jack's face. Wow, and that's a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> or there's like no words in that sentence that are less than one syllable. There's only one, well, two, uh, had, the, of, face, I guess. Correct. No. Yeah. But like I'm saying, whoa. Craig. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to ask so many questions, Miss, but I really want to help this mission any way I can. I'm not sure I'll do a good job, but I'll try for you and for Anthony and the men. Even Dunley, he added after a pause. Oh, I didn't pause. It's okay, Jack. Agatha said in what she hoped was her most tender voice. I'll help you with anything you need to know. Although Dunley may have to brief you on some of the finer points of men's bathhouse etiquette. What do you need to know? This is awfully embarrassing, ma'am, but what's a hench? The door to the common room opened, saving Agatha from having to try and formulate an answer. Anthony had returned from his trip to the bathhouse. Dun, dun, dun. Ta-da. End of chapter. Was it not obvious by my sound effects? I just, you know, this is like when you're engineering a bridge or something, you need some uh, structural redundancy. Ah, okay. Is that what you are? Structural redundancy? 
Yeah. <laughs> That's why I put so many words in my sentences. <laughs> Make sure they can, you know, stand up under load. Is that what happens? Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I got a lot of reinforcing words. Helps. Does it? You know, it doesn't help like <laughs> clarity or readability or even artistry. <laughs> but by golly, you could drive a eighteen wheeler across any one of my sentences, and it won't so much as creak. I guess. I take pride in my work. Have you beaten this metaphor to death enough yet, or should we keep going? I could let it go at this point. I'll have to suspend my disbelief. Is that a bridge joke? Yeah. Nice. You knew it was. You had to ask. It took me a second. Seriously? Yes. I'm surprised. That wasn't even sarcastic. Oh. Just to play on words because like a suspension bridge. Yeah. Over troubled water. I had no. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Do you look forward to writing the next chapter? I never look forward. I only look back, obviously, from my body of work. (laughs) sometimes you look forward without looking back just as i I always look forward without looking back that's the joke i'm making oh oh that was sarcasm (laughs) i'm so sorry i don't know how you hang out with me it's you know i love being just surprised constantly surprised and a little dumbfounded and sort of left behind (laughs) you keep me on my toes do i and you turn my head (laughs) well that's okay you usually build like a a structure a bridge of such structural integrity that you know you seem to always find your way back across it again always anyway yes we'll see what i get to say about this bathhouse experience although i'm sure anthony will have no idea of the things that dunley is speaking about because he's You know, just ridiculously naive as we've painted him. But Yeah, well, yeah. So, like, the idea with, you know, he could, like, literally just be returning from, like, right after all that stuff and saying, like, I had a nice bath and blah, 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 and nothing happened. And then you just go along with the plot to get Jack to distract the goons, (laughs) blah, 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 blah. Or something could have happened at the bathhouse, which gives you a convenient out for not following uh, and the trail that I have let out before us. So either way, we'll work, and you will propel the plot forward to somewhere delightful regardless. I don't know. I hope so, but I, I don't have such a great track record following along. I look forward to reading it. Uh-huh. It's going to be great. Okay. And you have the chance to shape reality. The book just... Your chapter becomes the truth, and then we just adjust the previous stuff to work with it anyway. No, we don't do that, do we? Well, sometimes. I mean, in in the case of, like, when I messed up Jack's drinking habit thing, I'm actually going to change that. Uh, But, you know, I have nothing against, you know, uh, disregarding parts of previous chapters that no longer serve us. Okay. I don't know. I kind of feel like your stuff gets disregarded more often than my stuff. I feel like you make a more a better good faith effort to actually go along with the things that I set up. Yeah, but I mean, no one's keeping score. Like, yeah, someone at home is keeping score. 
All right. Well, and I've already bribed them, so it's <laughs> fine. It's for, so I can win or so you can win? So I can win. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. No, I just like put up a friendly accepting face here, but really, I'm not here to make friends. You're out for blood? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to win this book. Are you a goon? I'm a henchman. You're not a heavy. I might be muscle. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, working on it. I could see thug. Oh, yeah, I'm a thug. <laughs> okay. All right, anything else to add? No, I can't wait to listen to the next chapter and record it and edit it and ship it out to our Legion of Adoring fans. Okay. I hope you've all enjoyed this chapter and that you haven't been overly parched by this lack of romantic underpinnings, you know, wetting your esophaguses. And that's it. (laughs) You say all those beautiful pros and then you go, that's it. I can build a bridge. I can't land a plane. I see. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Languidly yours.